right, my name is Carla Verona, and I have two children, or twins. They are 33. Are they about, what, what month were you in? Yeah, they're 33. Uh, I um, am divorced as well, so there's a whole story with my kids. But um, my whole story, well, I also work here at the church in accounting, so there's my little thing about that. And I'm, I've lived I've lived here all my life. I was raised in China Spring, and now I live in Robinson. Um, but I have uh, one <laughs> I have one girl who's really great. I have two girls. Uh, really proud of her. <clears throat> uh, has my three grandsons, an eight, a six, and a three year old. And then my other daughter, who is up in Dallas area, who um, thinks she is gay which I don't agree with. She knows I don't agree with, but I still love her and we still communicate, maybe not as well as I would like to communicate, like my other daughter, we talk all the time, but um, she's just really fallen away from God and she won't read the Bible. Of course, she, she has a mother who, um, <clears throat> we have our little prayer thing that started and I sent her a little email. Oh, you might want to try looking at this. So I do throw things in every so often, and I'm and I'm positive that things will turn around because I pray about it all the time. So that's my story. My name is Sonia Childress. I'm a recent widow. Um, I have two children. My son is 37. He's married to a wonderful, wonderful woman, and um, they have given me one grandson who's about to turn two, and he's precious. Thanks, Patty. Um, I have a daughter who is 31, and I adore her. Um, she's what brought me here is that um, right after my husband passed, um, she was going th through in the beginnings of a very painful divorce um, where there was a lot of emotional abuse. Um, and she moved in with me um, almost immediately after my husband passed. So she's living in an upstairs apartment, and I'm living in the downstairs. And um, we're both tickled as we can be about that. Um, but she has a lot of emotional trauma. And um, sometimes it just feels I can't say anything that's going, everything is just wrong. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm trying to... I know it'll pass. I know she's get, going to be healed, and she's in the process of healing. Um, but in the meantime, I want to love her well, and I want to communicate well with her. Um, so that's what brought me here. <laughs> um, I'm Marisol Curtis. I've been in Waco since the 1987, so we'll just go with that. And... Um, I have three adult children. Hannah just turned 24, Carlos William just turned 22, and Haley just turned 19. Hannah um, just graduated from Texas Tech in Waco, and she's, she's in the middle of looking for a job in a certain field that'll help her get into medical school, and that's just been disappointment after disappointment. Um, she also was recently diagnosed. Um, in the spring, she spent 10 days in the hospital with bipolar disorder. She's on lithium, she's doing well, but it, it's, it was a very scary time in the spring. My son Carlos also struggles with depression, never did before COVID and the isolation and spending 
a year and a half at A&M just alone on a computer, you know, for a whole year and a half of his schooling. And he started struggling with depression. So, um, and then my daughter Haley, she has autism. She started in special ed, but then was mainstreamed and did fairly well. But she recently told us that she thinks she's bisexual, which is very common for girls with autism who already think there's something wrong with them to struggle with the whole transgender thing or something like that. So um, none of the kids is really interested in following God right now. Um, they went through some hurts. Um, one of my daughters was molested by the son of a life group leader um, years ago, and that kid was special needs, so it's just a big mess. And we didn't even tell the family because we didn't find out for years and years later. Um, so there's just distance between us, distance between the church. Um, so our daughter with the bipolar, she did really encounter God at the mental hospital. He really spoke to her in several ways, but it's just, anyway. I'm Steve Findlay, my wife Susan here. She said I'm the spokesman for us because we have the same children. Um, we have a 30-year-old daughter who's married and going to be having her third child in uh, Pflugerville in November. And uh, we have a 28-year-old daughter who just had her second child out in San Diego five months ago. And on Friday of this week, we leave tomorrow for San Diego. Her two-year-old will have brain surgery. Uh, that's not what brings us to this class. Um, but but we, may, we will leave at 7.30 p.m. because our, our drive to DFW will start at 5 a.m. tomorrow. Um, we have a son who is 27, and he is a divorcee as of a year and a half ago. No, two, two years ago now. Um, he divorced, and he is going to remarry on New Year's Eve of this year. Uh, we would say he's the primary reason we're here for this, this class. And then we have a 25, I said he's 27, and then we have a 25-year-old uh, who is here in Waco, and he and his wife have a child also. So we, we will have six grandchildren by November. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's not just our, uh, our first son, Seth, uh, who has just, you know, walked away from his faith right now. Um, and yeah, it's just, just made a lot of choices that, you know, discourage <laughs> some parents here. Um, my other kids are, are all in church and they're all, they're all in the Lord but just that whole uh, the culture. There's a lot of cultural waters that have that have you know sifted into our kids' lives. So, yeah, um, we're full of hope. Like somebody said a moment ago, you know, praying with a lot of faith that uh, our prodigal will return home. But it ain't happened yet. I'm Trish. Um... <sighs> My husband and I have been married about almost 40 years, and we have eight children. Uh, seven of them are adopted, and um, they range in age. It would take me the rest of the class to talk about all of them, but they, <laughs> they range in age from 34 to 19. Um, everything on that list pretty much is in my life right now. Um, uh, we have our two older daughters are adopted and um, biracial. So um, part of our journey is walking the racial 
adult racial issues they feel um, and validating that and then also feeling like we are loving them and have loved them well, even if they don't feel like that because we're white. Um, we have a biological son that's in the middle. Um, he's our only biological child. And um, he walked away from God in college and has been divorced, is remarried, and has a lovely, amazing God is working in that situation that we have one grandson. He is a year old. Um, my oldest daughter, that's 34, um, is married, and she's been married for 11 years. She lives here four blocks from us in Waco. And uh, we have three grandchildren, uh, 10, 8, and 8. And um, their culture, I mean, I, I think just a lot, of, a lot of why I'm here is because they're there is a lot in our life because we have so many children and our younger five children are foster adoption children with lots of emotional, behavioral, and mental health issues. And we have one that is significantly disabled. He's 23 and he lives with us. He is um, a he has a toddler mentality. He's beautiful. He's such a joy and such a gift in our life. He, he, he reminds us every day of what's really important. So I'm very thankful that um, we have him. I'm thankful for all of our kiddos, um, but walking this journey with them as young adults um, has been way harder than raising them to adulthood. Um, way harder. <laughs> so um, anyway, our younger five, um, all of them are really mixed up. Um, not when they were living with us. It was really pretty beautiful actually, and they all received Jesus. All of our kids have been baptized. Um, but when they walked out into the world, um, their biological family history just kind of came rushing in. So there's drug addiction, there's sexuality issues, there's um, promiscuity, there's babies that are not being taken care of. So anyway, that's kind of my <laughs> brief synopsis um, of why I'm here. So, thanks. Um, okay. I uh, have two wonderful daughters and a total of six grandchildren who are all graduated from college. Can you even believe that in this day and age? Anyway, um, I have an adult granddaughter that is not walking with the Lord. I know that she received Jesus back when she was probably seven she's not walking with the Lord at all and extremely militant about this abortion issue and has completely gone off the rails to the point where she said that she thought that she would move out of state because of that and uh, I, you know it comes as a shock and a horror to me that um, where did where did, where did she get all that mess you know and um, both of my children are walking with the Lord to the extent of which they understand him um, what this is another thing that is very puzzling to me is that they're both raised in the same environment, um, but the second one, I mean my, my first child, 
they don't really see the need. She moved off to Dallas early in her, after her first marriage ended, moved with her children to Dallas, and then the, the culture there just rushed in. They were in public school. Here they were in private school. So anyway, uh, it's just a mess. You know, they don't see any need for church. Um, even though I know my daughter's a Christian, oh my gosh, the Lord did so many astounding things in her life. Um, she got pregnant uh, while she was off at Texas Tech and actually had an encounter with God in the bathroom of Planned Parenthood, uh, knowing that her parents I mean, she had kind of a vision that her parents were going to find out that she aborted this child. And she left. You know, she was like, I can't do it. I, I, I just can't do it. And uh, God was so faithful through walking out. This child came creamy uh, with life and death. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many times the Lord saved this baby's life. And she's 35 now. So... I mean, she's always been like a stone pillar. You know, the people that walked across the Jordan River, they said, put, put the stone pillars right there because you need to point back to it when your children say, what are those for? Um, and Jessica is that, you know, for us. We go, oh, yes, but God. Anyway, um, they were all raised pretty much in uh, godless culture in Dallas and they don't see any need for church they don't want to be involved with other Christians they don't they just don't see it so uh, that's kind of my story but I mean God's done wonderful things and I know he can he can for sure save this one granddaughter she's really in a mess <laughs> I'm a widow too. So. I don't even want to speak now. <laughs> I feel I feel like I really I don't have all the problems. Mine is distance with my children and I was raised in a very dysfunctional home and I became a Christian at 25. Got married early. Whole whole lot of things happened. Um Went through a depression, you know, came to Jesus. A pastor came to my house, and he and his wife led me to the Lord. And I was out painting my the trim on my house in my two-piece bathing suit <laughs> at 25. Uh, but anyway, he completely changed me. Um, I started listening to reading all the books on Christianity. Dr. Dobson, I raised my kids on him. And I think I overdid it. <laughs> I didn't want my family to be like my six brothers and sisters' kids. They were all very dysfunctional. And um, my husband pretty much let me raise the kids. We were married 48 years, and he was, the last two years, he he uh, turned his heart to God after serving a horrible, lost a third of his heart in a heart attack, a uh, stroke, and lost his company. And... Uh, 
you know, I spent most of my life trying to get him saved. So, because I got saved at 25. Anyway, my kids, I'm a fixer, wanting to fix them. And I see all these things because we're, I'm a widow. We're at home. You know, I have a lot going. I volunteer. I do a lot of things. But I listen to a lot of what's going on. And I want to tell them, you know, because they're so busy running their kids everywhere, you know. During COVID, they decided they weren't going to be so involved, but they're back involved again. And I really don't see them. I helped a lot with them when they were little. Um, I moved here to be with this with them while they were little. But uh, they don't want any anything from me. They don't want to hear me. <laughs> they don't want to know what I think. Um, and I just feel like they're so wrapped up in the world. Um and they're really good. I mean, when I hear, I mean, I don't think any of them are drug addicted or anything like that. But I just don't hear from them very often. Uh, I have to call them. Or like I called my daughter last week. And I said, um, Wednesday's your anniversary. I'll come over and watch the kids if you want to go out. Oh, okay. Well, we've got this, 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 and this. But yeah, Jay says you can come over at 630. So I'm like, Okay, every chance I get, you know, because they're, they're 9, 10, and 15 now on these three. And uh, so it's like I don't hear from them, but I know they go to the other parents' house all the time, his parents. And uh, so I've gotten myself really involved in church and in things here. I have a lot of friends because I realized I can't worry about I've just got to pray for them, and I cannot make them want to be around me. And I try to be, you know, I try to be fun and all that, but I don't know. I think, I don't know what I've done, but I think it's just, you know, they don't go to church, any of them. My son in Louisville, he's so kind to me. I went there this weekend, treated me so well. His son in and his girlfriend are moving to Colorado. They live together. And I'm like, <laughs> but they're a very sweet couple, but they don't see anything wrong with any of that, you know? And so we were raised up, a lot of us, back in the 60s, <laughs> 50s. And, uh, you know, if I'd gotten pregnant and gotten married, I would have been shunned. Uh, so anyway, I, I guess when I hear your story with the seven kids, I'm like, oh, I have nothing. I have no problems. <laughs> but I do want to be able to. Hi, my name is Kim Deo. I have four adult sons. I have no daughters. My oldest son is 31. He is married and has four children, a little girl and three little boys. Um, he... We have always been independently close. He and I have similar temperaments. So when he was young and lived at home, we might hug every two months. But as mom, I love you. And we knew it. And that's all we needed. Things stayed like that until he got married. And then they disappeared. And I went through about three and a half years of complete estrangement. The oldest daughter is by another uh, young lady. And so I had literally been in the C-section delivery room with her. I had her every week. We were super duper close. So when he married the second woman and they disappeared, it was heart-wrenching for three and a half years waiting and not being able to get anything. No invitations, no phone calls, no nothing. And then that was all rectified, um, I guess, last 
Thanksgiving, they stepped back. He and his wife came back with the two boys. And then in December, my granddaughter was there because he shares custody with her mom. And so things are on the mend, not as good as I'd like, but they're on the mend. He had accepted Christ as a child. He tells my granddaughter now um, that he believes in God. He just doesn't want to go to church. Now, my granddaughter informed me that she had accepted Jesus. And so I told her, I said, that's okay. Daddy's just angry with God. We'll pray for him. It's all good. So I was glad that she had because this his wife actually is taking the children to church and she is raising them in the way that she believes is right. So I think it's it's a good thing there. My second son um, has special needs. He had a seizure disorder when he was little. It affected the language center of his brain. So he has every possible language issue that goes with that. And he currently lives with me. He's 29, about to turn 30. He is, oh, he's also on the spectrum. So he is my routine person. He is like my house husband. He does the dishes. He does the floors. He feeds the dogs. He takes care of everything for me that way. And um, although he could do more, he could actually get a job. He is perfectly capable of it. The language part makes it hard. So when he has tried to work for people before, they have said, oh, do I need to get a translator? Like, I can't read your handwriting. I don't know what you're saying. And he was just so insulted. You know, when you're a teenager and you're trying, it hurts. And so he just hasn't. And I can afford to take care of him. So I'm like, someday he may. And that's what I pray is that his ambition will show up, you know, and he'll want to at some point not just be living with mama, you know, like have an adult life. Um, my third son is 25. He, I recently returned him to San Antonio. He lives with bipolar disorder. Um, I'm not going to say he suffers anymore because thanks to God, we've got the medication fixed. So if he just keeps religious in San Antonio, he is living with bipolar, finishing his engineering degree, and has a very bright future as long as he's chemically stable. He also made a decision when he was a child, but has since decided that he is agnostic. He believes that there is God, but it's not for him. He's much more into science and whatnot. I'm like, gotcha. I was there at one point too. God will take care of it. You know, if I raise you up right, God said he'll bring you back. It's all good. My fourth son, who is 23, um, is probably the one that I've been the closest to only because he was with me so long, right? He was the baby that got tagged along with everybody else. He and his girlfriend had a baby in May. They are currently living with her parents in Round Rock. Um, and she is Hispanic, so now I'm learning a whole lot about the Hispanic culture because I'm trying to be part of this family. Um, they had a little girl, and she is awesome. Um, I take every opportunity I can to babysit or go visit or do whatever I can to be involved. So, yeah, I think overall I would just say it's the problem with having sons, but there's a whole lot more complicated than just having that. You know, they say a daughter's a daughter for the rest of her life. I keep telling myself that, but I'm like, mm, I think it's a little bit more than just having sons. I guess I'll stand over here. I'm Bill, and my wife Susan is here, and I guess uh, I get the mic, so I'll talk about it. Um, we have four kids. Uh, my oldest um, is going to be 33 in, um, in December. Um, she lived in Colorado Springs. She was active here at Antioch. She led a life group um, for... Um, the young adults program and everything like that. Decided to go into ministry, went to seminary, um, with a mission pastor at a big church um, in Colorado Springs, and then had some conflict with the pastor there um, and kind of the big institutional system it was. And so left that, went to a church plant and was kind of volunteering there. Also had some problems. She's an, also an Enneagram 8, so that may be part of what's going on with that. Um, 
and now is deconstructing her faith and considering or is bisexual now or something, you know, just because she, she wants to get married. She wants to have somebody. So that's kind of the uh, oldest one uh, with that. The second oldest um, seemed to be doing well. Um, he converted Catholicism years ago when he went to college, um, but is a faithful, good Christian Catholic uh, with that. And then my third son just got married this summer. We're excited to a wonderful woman. But she, years ago, um, had some difficulties with some church things that happened. So um, it's still it kind of anti-church with that. And he's, my son's also gotten that way too. Um, all three of them all committed their life to Christ when they were young, um, grew, we homeschooled them, grew up well in their faith. Um, my youngest is adopted from Nicaragua and she had, we didn't know about reactive attachment disorder and some of these other things. Um, so she's been um, an interesting child to raise. Um, and now she's, in some ways, it's easier for us. She got married to a guy in the military. They ended up in Hawaii. So she's there with two kids. Um, unfortunately, her marriage had fallen apart and um, they are out there and our two grandkids are out there and we kind of miss them. But at least she's not next door with some of the trauma that we've, and difficulty that sometimes it happened. So um, that, that's kind of big summary, I guess. Well, I'm Patty Thomas, married to Alan for 35 years this year. Um, don't know why he didn't come, but he didn't choose to. So, um, we have three children. We have a daughter, um, Chelsea, that lives in England. Her husband's in the military, and they have our one and only grandchild that was born over there last year. They're great. They love Jesus. They're doing good. Um, <clears throat> our middle child was Samuel. He's in heaven. He died of a brain aneurysm almost four years ago. Um, has been a journey, needless to say. Um, he loved Jesus. God was done with his life. I mean, he had tremendous testimonies. So even though we lost him prematurely in our eyes, we know that he's in a better place. But our daughter, Chloe, is 23. Uh, I think that's right. <laughs> Keep up with their ages. She is a senior at Mary Harden Baylor. And she announced a couple of years ago that she was gay. And we had not seen anything at all, not one iota until a couple of months before she announced it to her dad. And we saw some things, or I saw some things on Instagram that kind of clued it in that maybe there was something going on. But I was like, talk to my husband, talk to his sister who's a psychologist. Y'all think this is anything, this cartoon with this, you know, uh, armadillo with the the flag on his back? I mean, surely she knows, I mean, the rainbow? Surely she knows what the rainbow means? Anyway, there were a few signs, but when she really told us the truth that she'd come out gay, I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, I didn't say that, luckily, because I already... Anyway, that's probably why I'm here. <laughs> it's because of her. No, but um, more than that, um, God did so many things, has done so many things in our life, and this church has been our home since the start. And um, something that gave me a lot of peace in that journey um, was running into an old friend, Teresa Strickland, which many of y'all know. Hadn't seen her in a long time at the time I saw her. And she's like, oh, how's your family? You know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, our daughters grew up together. I said, well, you probably heard about Chloe. And so I told her, and she said, oh, Patty. She said, 
we went through that with our daughter, Emily. I think it was Emily. We went through that one of our daughters. She said, Kelly Woods helped her so much. She said, Kelly has been, she's a counselor. She's, that's become a specialty of hers. And I'm like, Kelly's only been a counselor a few years. She used to be the pastor here, you know, the youth. And I was like, wow, if she's already a specialist, specialization in that, that's scary news. But it's good news because my daughter's been seeing her since she was in high school. That's my daughter's counselor. And even though she's walked away from her faith, Kelly is her confidant twice a month. And I'm like, that is the best money we spend all month. So anyway, I'm hopeful, I'm prayerful that she's um, just confused, like so many other of us, you know, in this room whose kids have said that. She's only had one relationship with someone, male or female. It was like one month, and it was over, and it's like, wow, praise God. But anyway, um, yeah, that's why I'm here. But I'm just, I just got to give God glory that, I mean, unfortunately, hearing everyone's story is comforting. I mean, I don't know if y'all feel that way. It's like, you think you're the only one, especially when you have something weird like your child being gay in the Christian church. You're like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, she walked away from her faith because of hurts in the church and whatever. And she's like, well, I can't be a Christian and be gay. I'm like, yes, you can. I can be a Christian and be fat. I can be a Christian and have addictions. Why could you not have that sin? <laughs> of course, she don't want to call it a sin. But anyway, so that's my big prayer. She said, I don't care about this sexual I mean I do care about that but more than anything I want her to love Jesus just like all of us want our kids to love Jesus and so anyway that's all my name is Ruth and um I'm I'm divorced from my kid's dad um for 20 years now and we lived up in Indianapolis so I moved down here to be with my family and have them helping me with the kids so we immediately started coming to Antioch, and we'd always, we've been here off and on, but mainly on. And um, they had great, you know, kid stuff over there, and, and Carl made a big, big impact on my daughter, who I'm about to talk about in a minute. But um, she, every summer they had to go up to Indianapolis to be with their dad for six weeks and be with his girlfriend and kids and drugs and everything that they were doing that was totally opposite. So I felt like every summer when they'd go up there, it just kind of erased everything we did during the school year. And so I did a whole lot of praying during the summers. And um, anyway, and we did a lot of talking, you know, and the kids know the way and everything. I'll talk about my son, Derek, first. He is 27. Married to a wonderful girl. They have a little boy that's about to turn a year old. That's the light of everybody's lives. And um, they believe in God. They think they're going to come back to church whenever Grayson gets a little bit bigger or in that kind of stuff, you know. But I'm still praying that they'll start again and get him into church and, and all that. Lacey, my daughter, um, when she was 18, she felt a need to move up to Indianapolis and, you know, get to know her dad. And she, and she got accepted up there, and she, she's like a biomedical engineer now. She makes more money than I will ever think about making as a teacher. And she is very successful that way, but she also has come out as gay. For a long time, I said she likes girls. That's the only thing I could get out of my mouth. She says she likes girls, you know. And it was so heartbreaking because I'm a pastor's daughter. I, my parents were married forever, and um, it's just heartbreaking. And I was, um, you know, you go through all the emotions where, what could I have done differently? What is it? 
is what's going on. And so, anyway, it's been 12 years since I found out. She's had many relationships with girls that never worked out. Praise the Lord. You know, I feel like he's showing her, you're barking up the wrong tree, you know. And um, we, we talk daily. We're very close. We just don't talk about any of that. When she talks about a girlfriend going out with a girlfriend, I say, may God's will be done. And that's what we do. And the books that I've read, I've read several books by people who have come out of the gay lifestyle that are Christian. Many of them say that that, um, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm talking so much, but many of them say that that desire never leaves, but it, um, but they love Jesus so much and they want to be holy so much that that's their focus and not all this. And that's my prayer for my daughter, Lacey. And I, you know, they say that, um, just pray for them to be holy, you know, and that's what I'm doing. And I, I never expected to, I didn't even answer your email because I thought there's nobody going to be here with that, you know, but I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm glad there's people here like me. <laughs> I'm Amanda. This is my husband, Greg. Um, we have four kids. Our oldest um, works at the church in the STARS program. She's 23. And we have three boys. The youngest is a senior in high school. Um, our two other boys are 19 and 20. They, they have been our hardest parenting this year, our hardest year of parenting, we feel like. But they're like extreme opposites. Um, they both love Jesus, um, but one of them struggles with addiction. The other one um, took a gap year, went to D school right after high school. He's now in college, but he is like hyper spiritual, and you cannot have a conversation with him about anything except the Bible. And so it's like opposite extremes, but difficult parenting both of them. Like we're, we've had many struggles this year with the two of them so that's why we're here i'm angela i'm here from waco i've been here about 20 years i've got four kids they're 18 22 24 and 26 um so the uh oldest three are currently living with their um significant other so i mean so the oldest is he's living with his girlfriend the next one is in nursing school, so she's one of my students, yay. Um, and so she's living with her boyfriend. The third child is uh, living with her boyfriend, and she's pregnant, about six months pregnant. So, um, and then the 18-year-old has uh, just flown off to uh, Tokyo for a study abroad a uh, whole year in Tokyo. So, um so I've raised them all in church, of course, and they all um, are not interested in going to church. The uh, second one um, was a life group leader down at Antioch in, um, in College Station. Super proud of her. Thought she had her life on track, moved back here, and just was not interested. So I, I don't know if that's more heartbreaking, you know, to see them go the right way and then to stray away or to see them, you know, not want to go to church. So... I don't know, just it kind of hurts to that they don't follow what you taught them for 18 years, but I think we're all <laughs> kind of struggle with that. I'm Charlotte. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I'm Charlotte. This is my husband, Keith, and we have three kids, uh, 28 and her husband, and um, and then uh, Bree is 24, 23, 23 <laughs> and Elijah's 20. And um, our daughter, that's 23, has Down syndrome, and um, she is a joy. Um, but she struggles with... Um, some spiritual stuff that we don't, we don't really, I mean, it's gotten way better. She went to D school, um, last year and she actually serves now in D school, but, um, she, I don't know, she loves to sing and dance and she won't, she won't, she kind of does it, but it all started as like this spiritual warfare thing where, um, she thought that, demons well her fake friends she doesn't call them demons but that's who, what they are um would keep her body and not let her go to heaven if she did these things like it was really bad for a while like she couldn't she wouldn't talk in a bedroom or a bathroom um and it's all like word associations um so anyway we just you know we don't always know what to do. <laughs> and um, and then uh, our son is doing great. Um, and then our older two kids, they're doing great too. But uh, the things we want help with um, are navigating um, their struggles. You know, I mean, they're both walking with the Lord. And they, they actually lead a life group um, with Charlie. <laughs> um for they say people with other abilities adults with other abilities and um so they're doing great but they still struggle you know and um especially anything that has to do with Noah's family um because he came from a super dysfunctional his dad's a pastor and um but they I don't know it's almost like they're a cult but um you know, they didn't want Noah to marry Natasha because she wasn't part of the church and so she wasn't saved. And, um, you know, they tried jumping through their hoops before they got married. And, I mean, it wasn't good enough. And so they finally just walked away. And for a little bit, it seemed like they were walking away from God. But, um, but that's turned around. But anything having to do with his family causes conflict between the two of them and... Noah has so many wounds. It was like shame or, um, you know, he either had to work really hard to be approved, um, and you never knew if your brother said that he has this child of family of five, and, um, you know, you never knew if you are going to be stabbed in the back from your sibling. It's just, it's really hard, his family dynamics. And... Um, so anyway, we, you know, we try to help them navigate through it all, but it's also hard because, <clears throat> um, you know, we're Natasha's parents and I mean, Noah calls us his family and his parents because his family didn't even, doesn't really even talk to him. And, um, so it's just really hard to navigate through all that and remain objective, you know, and, and. We don't know. I mean, we don't know 
what we should be <laughs> advising a lot of times. You know, we want to say, well, just stay away from him, but it's his family, <laughs> you know. So anyway, um, those are some reasons why we're here. My name is uh, Cindy Riemann Schneider, and this is my mother, Joyce Kreger. And so, yes, I am her child that she's probably here for parenting me, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I have been blessed that my mother came to live with me uh, this past summer. She's 83 years old, and she left after being in Midland, Texas her entire life and moved in the house with me, and she and I are having a delightful time together. And um, one of the biggest blessings has been for my son's kids to get to know their great-grandmother, and that part is exciting, and that part's wonderful. That part is also very painful when you're not included and when you're told you can't come to a birthday party and when you're not invited because your daughter-in-law thinks that she can get to choose whoever she wants to be there, and just because you're the grandparents doesn't mean you should get to be there. So we have some of that that we are trying to deal with and handle. Um, and I'm trying to learn how to graciously continue to love her, uh, though at times I'm very, very hurt. Uh, another interesting part, and I will just address the elephant in the room, is that my ex-husband apparently signed up for this class, and he, I guess, he signed up today? <laughs> He's not here. Oh, well, you will, because we have these names. <laughs> Rim and Schneider is our last name. Okay. So, and he and I only have divorced uh, as of March of this year. So, we were married for 38 years, and um, so there's lots of dynamics going on. Um, and I will, I will tell you that in my spiritual journey... Um, I have asked for many, many years in different church settings about the need to have a class for how to parent adult children. No one teaches you. No one ever talks about it. You know, you got them raised. Okay, they've gone to college. You know, you get them through college. Yeah, they're successful. Now they've got a job. But this junk just keeps on happening all around. And it's going to happen from now on. Uh, that's part of how life occurs. So I don't know how we're going to handle with me and Jeff both being here. Maybe I should bow out and we'll just talk about that. Oh, I don't know if we will be. <laughs> Is he in your life group? <laughs> okay, well, I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try to be real brief, but I feel my heart saying, Joyce, this is a great group for you to be an encourager for. I've been in your shoes. I am in your shoes. I have a bipolar daughter that is estranged and She's much older than any of your daughters or sons. 
But you know, God has seen me through it. He will continue to see me through it. I am the mother of three children, Cindy being my oldest, and I won't tell y'all how old she is, <laughs> nor will I tell you the other two's ages because they're all older than some of you all. But I'll tell you what I did. I placed my children in God's hands. And they were raised knowing that God is the answer. We've got lots of questions. We've got a lot of problems to work through with this group. And I know God's the answer. And that's my encouragement to each of you. At 83 years old, he's got a lot of miracles. And I mean literal miracles. At one point, I thought that the children would no longer have a mother. And I was flown to Houston for a heart operation. When I got to Houston, Houston did all the same things that Midland had done because they couldn't read or said they couldn't read Midland's work. So they did every test all over again. The girls and I spent two weeks in Houston in the hospital. They sent me home with a beta blocker and I have lived another 20 years since that time. That's just one miracle. My daughter, Cindy, is another miracle. My daughter, Catherine, is another miracle. We made a trip one year to get her. God put us on an airplane on January the 1st. The first day of January, we were called that night that Catherine was needing to be picked up. We picked her up because the airlines had a spot that we could fly on. That was a miracle. When we got there, we didn't know where we were going. Cell phones were available. We had one, but neither one of us knew how to use a GPS. Connie was my youngest daughter. She was with me. And she looked down on her phone, and there was a map on that phone for getting us to the hospital where Catherine was. Neither one of us knew how to use a GPS. We had text and had, or Connie had, I didn't do anything. My girls are so great, all three of them, that they do things for Mama because Mama was a divorcee from an alcoholic husband. But anyway, Connie sent a text to some trooper in the state that we had to go pick her up from. He never got it. But the man that ran the hospital got that text. Now tell me that wasn't a miracle. So we are serving a miracle-working God. We just have to recognize the miracles. And I am looking very forward to the end of this session, this, this class, however many weeks there are, to hear some miracles, because there will be some. Good job, y'all. Just drop it. Uh, first, I want to say, truly, I think um, this is a holy ground. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing uh, some of the deepest pain that you have ever carried. 
uh, with your kids. And I, I think Ruth and maybe somebody else said, uh, it sounds a little funny, but I'm comforted. And I think that is part of the vulnerability piece. We are comforted, just like I was comforted by the widows in the line who actually understood uh, what I was going through. And even though the problems vary, uh, or the challenges vary, we in this room understand each other. And I bet we, if we got another 24 people lined up in this table, we'd have the same experience. We just look on the outside and think, wow, they've got it all together. And truly, we all have challenges, but you all have taken a step to come and share uh, with one another. And really, here, here's my, other than God is a miracle working God. That is number one. He is the transformer. I think we are going to give <clears throat> healing to each other. Uh, as we go forward and have an opportunity, even around our tables, to pray for one another and uh, even give, oh, well, in this situation or whatever, uh, hopefully, Holy Spirit guided uh, words and counsel. And I'm not going to be taking count on the miracles. I'm trusting that there will be some, but the, I, I, say thank you, Lord, regardless. Uh, we're going to move forward, and we're trusting that there will be breakthrough, and there will be turnaround, and there will be uh, places where, where our kids just seem to have uh, gone off the rails, and especially off away from what we gave them, uh, which is painful. Uh, we're, we're going to pray for each other that uh, God will bring back and restore. What, Kay? You know, I heard that that's exactly right. <clears throat> that old free will. <laughs> Rats. <laughs> choices. Um, the most powerful word in the English language is choice to me. Anyway, for good or, or bad. So um, I would love to just, if, if you have an answer to this, if you don't, it's okay. Um, but when you walked in tonight or when you filled out the registration form, did you have something like, what was your hope? What was your goal? No, I mean, I know why you've come now. We, we all have shared that. But um, at the end of this, what would you, what are you hoping to walk away with? Does that make sense? I still think Kay just said that. Um, like Kay just said that, and I'm like, you know, that you can hang hope on that. Just, I think, I think I would, I have come because, you know, other people who are walking through the same, you know, valley uh, have words of hope, and the Lord has words of hope through one another, so, you know, and support, so, hope and support. Those are two good things. Does anybody have anything more, than, uh, not more, different than that? Oh, Greg is going to speak. <laughs> I make fun of people, I guess. Okay. Well, we'll be the judge of that. Choices. You're talking about choices. I'm thinking, um, I'm not sure if y'all are talking about choices for your kids, but I'm thinking choices that we make for us. That's, that's what I'm, 
Well, I mean, you can't choose for someone else at all. So all we can do is is look at each other and be eye to eye and see what God wants us to do, and then live in, live in, live as an example and covering over them. And I don't know. That's all. See, it's not that profound. But. I told my daughter the Enneagram Eight, which I heard y'all say the K's. That means she's a challenger. Uh, she's stubborn, and there are other words, but <laughs> no, she's just a challenger. Anyway, yeah, I know. I shouldn't have referenced that because not everybody gets. Yes, yes. Don't worry about it. It's, you're fine. You can live a full life without ever knowing the Enneagram. <laughs> so don't worry. You sh- <clears throat> what? Whatever. But Sunny, uh, I told her about this class, and uh, she, I said, what would you, uh, what advice as a, uh, an adult child would you give to parents? And she uh, said that really, um, she would say, become an influencer. And that sort of speaks to your point, Greg, because I thought um, that, when our kids are little, we can have a degree of molding uh, that that goes on, and we have that opportunity. But as adults, we really can only influence. And whether that's in the halls of heaven, taking the influence there, or just living a life and inputting uh, non-threateningly uh, to our kids, um, influences where it's at, according to my daughter, that, uh, you know, and that's where we get in trouble sometimes. Well, I will, I'll just always say that's where I get in trouble because I could really still mold. Uh, I, I could do a good job. <laughs> I could do it and they'd be better for it. But <laughs> I would, I want to desperately. Yes, I know. Okay. And I can identify, but really, our, that part of our lives in parenting is over. It's over. And and we all know it because we've tried and it didn't work. So, uh, but the influence part, and I, when you think of that even on a spiritual plane, uh, that's where we have power. Uh, we have power there. And so um, I would like to take uh, the last 10 minutes and I would love to, I don't know how this will play out each time because we have uh, guest speakers, but I'd like to use the last few minutes just to gather at your, you know, circle up and, you know, pray for one another um, around your table. And I know we've heard a lot and we can't cover every detail of everybody, but, um, you know, at least speak, uh, bring everybody before the throne of grace. Uh as you as you can and uh don't forget well i'll i'll uh, i'll close this up and then i want to say something else so yes just pray father i want to thank you for these prayers that are still being lifted up i want to thank you that you have been present here you are so good thank you that we can have our home in you And I pray, Father, that you will um, do miraculous things in the lives of our children. 
things that uh, only you can do, really. And so we're asking for it uh, boldly. We're asking for restoration. We're asking for breakthrough. We're asking for freedom from deception and lies and spiritual warfare We're uh, of demonic activity. We are asking, Father, for um, the God of the universe to come down and visit with our children and do what only you can do to pull, to draw them with cords of kindness, your word says, into your presence and into a relationship uh, deeper than they've ever known. And as that goes, you would do work in their minds, in their emotions, in their physical bodies, every top to bottom, we bring our children to the throne of grace. And we are asking for your mercy and your help on their behalf. In Jesus' name, amen.